All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast, all kinds of news, a few hot wrecks, and we finish up uh, with the Mission Impossible rewatch. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I am happy this will be the last time we're doing this over the internets. Oh, that is really exciting. That makes me happy as well. Eric, are you happy? Yeah, I am. I'm on the last week of school this week. So just got to drag drag some kicking and screaming kids uh, to the finish line. And then uh, I got some time to podcast and do podcasting. That's exciting. Well, you always make time. It's, all, it's also the biggest lie Eric ever tells every year, yes. which is school's out. I'm going to have so much time. I, I can't even, I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. And they were like, hey, dude, you want to meet up for a beer on Wednesday? And he's like, no, nah, I can't, man. I'm way too busy. He's like, I agreed <laughs> to summer school and I'm going to just do this little coaching thing. And then uh, <laughs> my buddy yeah. asked me to help him. Well, I uh, will be catching up on some shows and that's really exciting. So we need you guys to catch up on your social media following by giving us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Northeast Podcast. Also subscribe to anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from and the Northeast Podcast should be there for you to uh, follow and get to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Yeah. Thank you in advance. Or if you've ever, if you've done that already. Thanks. We're going to hear it next week, but it's all good. Remember when I used to ask you every week how many episodes we'd had? Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any guests now? We're at like 485. We're coming up on our 500th episode. That's crazy. Oh, that is nuts. And then every time Eric goes, we really need to throw a big bash for the, you know, 200th, 300th, 400th. I'm not sure we've done anything yet. I think we forget every time. <laughs> With all this free time coming up, Eric, I'm no, sure you can plan something. Yeah, I think I think it always lands during the summertime. We're like, Eric, you got time, right? Can you <laughs> throw something together for the 500th? And he's like, Nah, I, I I'm way behind on my summer school and coaching. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, that's enough picking on Eric. We jest. We jest. We're just jealous because he's coming into summer. Yeah, I know. All right, guys, it is uh, time to. Check out the beers we're drinking. What are you guys having today? All right. I'm having uh, one of our favorites, one of our year yearly favorites that pops out. This is the Double Spirit Fall from Fair State. It is a giant beer. It was a collab with Modern Times. I think they just brew it on their own at this point. But you got to give credit because they helped come up with the recipe. We love this beer. It's huge and crazy and can be hard to drink 16 ounces of it, but I love it. It's one of those ones that you're like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and twist my arm behind my back. I'll drink it. I'll drink mm-hmm. the whole thing. <laughs> but then when you finish it, you're like, God damn, that was good. That was good. You know, it's so funny. Like, we kind of complain, man, it's hard to drink 16 ounces of this beer. And we think it's the alcohol, but it's also just how big and heavy these beers are. Literally, this four pack, when I took it out of the cooler, it must weigh twice as much as another, as like a, a light beer four pack. It's insanely heavy. Well, it's probably those lead beer cans they're using nowadays. <laughs> Fair state. That's all the co op could afford. So, yeah. There is no um, more air I recycled. No, and, and you're totally right. It Like, there is a density. Mm-hmm. to some of these beers where you're like okay i can feel this one it is definitely heavier than like a six pack of you know miller light or whatever you know right. it's definitely i mean literally it's just heavy i'm holding this glass right now of beer it's just a heavy ass glass all right so uh i thought we were going to have the same mm. beer because we, we are both going back to our old friends mm. uh, at fair state i am having this year's version of the mm. brr the blackberry blueberry raspberry roselle yeah i was actually gonna get that one i went with this spirit fall instead um i almost i wanted them both but they were both like 22 bucks and that's just stupid they say this is 5.3 bright jammy fruited sour it's freaking good yeah i'm recycling an old favorite um i have some beers that were in the fridge that needed to be drank and i also forgot this week so uh through the wire I had one left from uh, Randy's and Black Sack. Oh, it's good beer though, and it's still really good. I probably should have, you know, drank it closer to when I bought it, so that you know the the hops were a little fresher. But it's still really good, still delicious beer. You know what I heard the other day from a friend who's in the beer industry because I was actually I was out on a vacation and stayed with uh, a friend of mine that owns Other Brother Beer in Seaside, California. And he said, when it comes to IPAs, when you can them, like the first week, it's not really going to be very mellow. It's going to be almost kind of harsh. And then from like week, like two to five, the beer is like perfect. And then after that, it starts to go down. Because I'm like jumping on these hot IPAs like right away and drinking them the same day they come out. 
you actually maybe want to let him mellow a little bit. I wanted to throw in an, oh, good for you, when you mm. said I was on vacation and hanging out with brewers and stuff like that. But It was a nice time. Yeah. But uh, that's interesting to know. I wonder how many, anyway, we don't have to get into it. I wonder how many schools of thought there are on that, because I'm guessing mm-hmm. that there's a, a varying degree of opinion from beer experts. Right. Which we're not. Field on that, so we'll move which on. we are not. But we'll just drink them whenever we drink them. Exactly. <laughs> I'm drinking them now because I, I I have them. So. Great. Well, guys, let's move on to Do We Care. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Jupiter's Legacy, James's favorite show of the year. I think you were saying you wanted it up to the Nordy. Um, Nordy. Canceled uh, by Netflix after like, you know, about three weeks. This show sucked so bad. Yeah, I made it. I made it like 17 minutes <laughs> into the first episode and was like, I can't even. I can't watch it. And I was trying to watch it like as a joke, like ironically, and it was terrible. Right. I got through the full uh, 40 minute pilot, and that was all I needed. That's what yeah, I. Yeah. Not surprised at all. It, although, man, you know it's bad when Netflix cancels a show. They just don't cancel shit. So that's a that's a very good barometer for the terribleness of Jupiter's legacy. All right, a show that they're not going to cancel is Shadow and Bone, which has been renewed for season two. I don't know if I finished season one. I think I got through like six or seven episodes and like, I liked it. I don't know what happened. I just need to finish it. So no. Yeah. That's uh, like when you quit for a while, you get distracted or something. Then it's kind of hard to go back. You're like, nah. I'm like, dang, I was really enjoying that, but I kind of like lost the, you know, the binge. Passion. It's good, man. You, in, in fact, the final episode is great, so you should really finish it. I will. I, I really liked it, actually. I was really into it. Did, Ryan, did you watch it? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Eric, Like, where I think we're almost done with it and just have, haven't gone back to it for whatever reason. But oh. I am in the, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm shocked they didn't announce the renewal sooner, mm-hmm. honestly, because I, I, I feel like the popularity on Netflix, like you always see it in the trending um, section for, yeah. you know, it was there for a while. So I would imagine that this is a, this is a no-brainer for Netflix. I agree. All right. I, care. Uh, I care about that for sure. I'm, I think that was a good show. Um, all right. Uh, so Free Time Eric is going to hop on this show next week. It's a show you guys have been going crazy about, and that's Mayor of Easttown, which was the most watched episode, the finale was. The most watched episode ever on HBO Max. Now, guys, settle down. HBO Max has been around for one year. Um, but still, that's good news for them and for the show. Do you think that Mayor of Easttown is back? And is it the current title belt holder? Boy, without knowing the Rolodex of shows that have come out um, in the last six months, it's kind of hard to say that. But as far as like HBO content goes, this is on the level of like season one True Detective with less of the, the occult um, and more of like kind of the murder mystery um, aspect of it. But like the acting from everyone across the board is fantastic. Um, the finale was great. Um, I don't want to say anything else about it, um, right. but like the, the overall, I thought the finale was really strong. Um, Kate Winslet is unbelievably good. Gene Smart is unbelievably good. David Denman, who you would know as uh, Roy from The Office, was really good. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought the show was was just exemplary of quality HBO content. Um, and I don't even know if there's going to be a season two. I don't know if they need to make another one. They I don't just know leave it as is. It's such a grounded and real show that this was supposed to be like, and they even talked to other detectives about sort of, you know, the case that defined their career, right? Like they all had these big moments. Oh, I fucked up on this case or I solved this case and it made my career. Um, this was supposed to be sort of her big crazy thing she went through in her career. It would be weird if in that same town, some other shit went down, right? Like yeah. they'd just be like, okay, yeah. well, this isn't realistic anymore. It, it's contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Because this was yeah, crazy I think, enough. I think leave it be. Um, I say leave it, it be. It, it was it was perfect, and and I think one of the most like the most beautiful aspects of the show was its simplicity. Right. I mean, it was complex as you sort of navigate through the the who done it mm-hmm. part of it, but it was also like it wasn't like oh it was some you know random drug dealer that wore a gas mask and mowed the lawn in his underwear like you know what I mean like it it, it mm-hmm. felt all possible. You know, like it wasn't something where you were like, oh, well, that's not really realistic, but yeah. I love this aspect of it. So I thought I thought it was a great show. It's a nine out of 10 yep. easily for me. So hopefully free time Eric enjoys it. I think that what is crazy, though, like I just remembered this. So you're talking about how wild and crazy 
um, True Detective season one was, which is like, you know, universally thought of as one of the best seasons on TV ever. Um, I remember seeing an article before, like late in the show that was like, is the, was he the gray man or something? Spaghetti faced, whatever, the green. Yeah. And the yellow. Were, the yellow man. Or the yellow, yeah, okay. yellow king. And they're the yellow king, an alien. Are there going to be aliens? And like, that Mm -hmm. was like people like from real, like it was some, you know, reputable source that was like asking this question of the show. Mm -hmm. In the end, it was all just human beings who were weird, but it was like made your mind go everywhere. And so that was brilliant. I was actually, I remember being a little disappointed that it was just creepy, like, you know, hillbillies in the woods pretty much or like, you know, in that shitty house, it was almost like a Texas chainsaw massacre ending to it. And I was a little bummed at the time. I well, wanted some yeah. supernatural. But Mare, Mare is it, they don't they don't no. lead you down that path. Like yeah. it's all it's all just like human beings being it's, garbage human beings. It's not only is it police work, it's like very realistic police work where they're not that like you know superhuman at their jobs. So I think that you you guys are saying leave it where it is, just have the one season ever and go their separate ways. But I think the problem is is it's so hard for them to find and make good television that when they have something good. And they have mm-hmm. a good cast and they have something that works. They like to go back to the well. So I'm fine, with them. I'm fine with them leaving it as it is. But here's my biggest problem. They made a show that people loved. You don't have to make the same show. But like, don't be like HBO signed the writers and people who created um, Mayor of Easttown. And they're going to do a new show. And then in two years, we find out that they're doing a show about, um, you know, robots that are in love with each other but they live amongst humans and they're trying to stay hidden and it has nothing to do with any of the shows that they made before that we liked and then it comes out and then we're like yeah it's stuck like i wish they would just make well, it up ironically the the dude that made mayor of Easttown and wrote it signed an overall deal with hbo yeah, oh, yeah. but it's just like make another show kind of like that like people yeah. really liked it yeah so go back to that and like sometimes i feel like they these these people they're they're so excited to show that they can do other things or mm-hmm. that it's not just this kind of type of story. They could do any type of story. And then they make something and everyone's like, yeah, we just want you to go back to doing the crime stuff that we really like. Mm-hmm. So that's my yeah. own book. All right. So, unless, uh, unless they're the creators of dark and then we're super excited for 1812, which honestly looks about this. It looks like in the same vein. So, so Loki is the big show of the summer. It has to mm-hmm. be right. Nothing. Yeah. It, it'll be instantly the title belt holder. Um, I think that the only reason Mayor got it is because Wanda ended and there was that big gap or excuse me, Winter Soldier ended. Um, it's, it's, it's coming for the belt immediately week one. So Loki looks incredible. Um, obviously Tom Hiddleston and, uh, Owen Wilson plus others is going to take over television. It's an interesting story and character that will fit right into like the gaps and the little Easter eggs that they left for us in the infinity uh war and end game movies which is going to be really cool um i think that this show is going to be appointment viewing wednesday night kind of stuff oh yeah and that's why we talked about this a, a couple weeks ago that's why they moved it to wednesday they they don't want this show dropping on a friday in like the they summer. want they, yeah in the summer they want the water cooler they don't want people leaving you know uh, you know just talk about minnesotans they don't want people leaving for the cabins on friday not watching it till they get back or, you know, on Monday night, you know, kind of thing or Sunday night. So they want this to be like middle of the week. You got nothing else going on. They're like, people are taking watch, three watch days weekends. So you need to do your four days of work and your one show on Disney Plus, and then you can go off for the end. Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Um, I, I think I'm more excited about this than I was for any of the other shows. Uh, yeah, 100%. Than, Me too. And I think it will be. On the level of WandaVision is my expectation. It was it was a it was my prediction for the best show on Disney Plus, and I still hold that. I think that WandaVision was an entry level show, and while creative and interesting on its own, doesn't quite hold the weight that Loki does in the MCU. And I think Winter Soldier was a a great you know second course meal, if you will. Where you're like, oh man, salad was good, but man, those appetizers were fantastic. I think Loki is like the main entree, right? In in what they're kind of handing out. So um, I feel like this show is going to be unbelievably. I, I've read a couple like headlines that said that this is it's changing the direction of the MCU. Then I could not be more excited for it. Quick question: 
Okay, so this movie's all about like different universes and you know these this keepers of time and these timelines and you know the splintering of an action that could create this alternate timeline. They want to prevent that, right? So Loki, he dies in Infinity War, Endgame, the start of Endgame. Endgame. He dies yeah, at the yeah, beginning of Endgame. Yeah, right at the beginning of Infinity War. Infi- yeah, that's oh, yeah, what yeah, I yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, you're right. So you're he right. dies at the beginning of Infinity War. So he's dead. We assume he's dead. We wouldn't expect to see Tom Hiddleston in anything new. Um, but you, does he come out of this alive? Is the whole thing is that he's going to find out through these timekeepers that he's going to? Okay, so and then in in Endgame they go back to the events of um you know Avengers one, and that's when he grabs the whatever it's called the cosmic cube and, just, and takes it. So that's when this is going to take off. So it's technically sort of in the past, but I think he's going to find out that he's going to die, and then he's going to so, sort of use his Loki sneakiness to mm. win against these timekeepers and be able to be alive when they want him to be dead. I think that the only way that um, he can, the only way that he can come out of this alive, there's only two ways. One, if it's if it's like something terrible, and we know that no one else can do this because of how bad it is. Or two, we know that no one else could actually get get away with it, but he did. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be like you had he had the ability to do it, but it's not a thing that will continue to happen. Yeah, you don't want to see well, that, they all- right? They also rewrote the way time travel works from the way it had been done conventionally in movies. Um, they even like had some like call outs to the mm-hmm. joke of like, oh, if we run into our former selves, you know, blah, like, you know, they, they kind of joked about how that's not how time travel works. Mm-hmm. So I would wonder if Loki's going to end up tricking his way out of the main storyline and living in an alternate universe moving forward. And mm-hmm. that's how they're going to you know, kind of push the push the universe along and that Loki will be on one place, you know, kind of like Rick and Morty does. Like, you know, they're infinite Ricks and infinite Mortys and Loki's going to be living on this timeline, but everyone else is on this one. And so there's only two. And so then eventually they'll have to like, oh, we need Loki. So we got to go to this other timeline and get him back. I don't know. I think it's going to turn out that at the last second, he is going to take a Loki himself from a different universe and throw him in. And then um, Thanos is going to kill him. So it's not the real, it's not the original Loki. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. All, Bring hey, it. hey, all Bring it on. theories Bring it on. clearly yeah. very, very I'm excited. I'm with theories. I didn't read and any then, of those. I thought it was okay. I didn't read. I'm not reading shit. I'm sick of I, reading shit. And this is going to be the ultimate one not to go read theories because there's one million Redditors out there and everybody can come up with an idea. And then the best ideas bubble to the top and they always get it right. What if Loki and Magneto partner up? Ah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't do any more theories. As lovers and friends. And they Ooh, take over. I like that. I All right, we care a lot. I think I care more about this than pretty much anything that will happen this summer. Agreed. <laughs> Certainly the Olympics. We know that for sure. Yeah, I care. Um, all right. We have more superhero news. Is it Issa Rae? Is that her name? Yeah, Issa Rae. Issa Rae is going to be Spider-Woman in the new Into the Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, Jessica Drew, I guess it is. So, you know, the Spider-Verse. I loved the first Spider-Verse movie. Did you guys ever even watch it? Oh, I loved it so much. Okay. I, I think I saw it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I've seen it a ton. My kids love it. So I'm excited for the sequel. And their big thing is like, let's do a lot of Spider-Men and women. So um, we're still going to have Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen. But we're going to get a Spider-Woman. Issa Rae is like, she's like that um, that black woman that's that's done all this writing and all this all this starring. And she's just been in a ton of shit recently. She's been all over HBO. So I think it's a good get. Um, I think it's just more cool news to have like Spider-Woman's going to be in it. Hell yeah. So I do care. It's a smaller piece of, of casting news, but I'm into it. All right, let's jump over to uh, Disney Plus for a, a minute here. Cruella 2 gets the green light for Disney Plus. Is Cruella yeah. even out? When can I, where can I watch that? You got to buy it for 30 bucks. Rent I mean, it. I think I'm going to wait. I don't know. I want to watch it. I was actually thinking about it the other night. I heard it's really good. Yeah, like, it's well, got great reviews, and Emma Stone's really, great. Emma Thompson. It might, it might be really good, but is it $30 really good? Yeah, $30 is a lot. You know, probably not. I didn't do it for. I didn't pull the trigger on Raya and the Last Dragon, and I wanted to watch that too. So I think I'll and probably end up now. Waiting. That's free. Now that's free for everybody. Is so, it not yet yeah. though? Is it? Yeah. Yes. On Disney oh, Plus. So, yeah. I'm getting really excited because summer, free time, Eric. Uh, one thing I get to do is those summer matinees. You know, go in there, get the cheaper tickets, just go by myself, get some popcorn, and go watch an average. Movie. You just go over lunch, so you can just eat popcorn. Yeah, like. 
Going to a movie by yourself is such a good move. It's actually better than going with a group. Well, for sure better than going with a big group. That's just the the worst. Just go by yourself. Go by yourself one time. Like, have the balls to go there by yourself and realize that there's six people in the theater and the other six people are probably by themselves too or weird. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you just sit by yourself, eat a ton of popcorn, and just enjoy a great movie or even a bad one. So, teaser for later, that's what I did for Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, there you go. A great choice. I've all seen right, a handful by myself, and I love it every time. Sticking with Disney Plus, we all care about Cruella too. I think I do care. I haven't even seen Cruella one, but like I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, make more. It's good. I'm also into Emma Stone. I mean, he's just incredible. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, uh, staying with Disney Plus, Josh Peck is he the guy from like from like Frozen? Uh, no, that's Josh Gad. <laughs> that's the same guy to me. Okay, Josh, Peck, Josh Peck was the fatter kid on Drake and Josh. Is that what it's called? Josh and Drake and Josh, right? The the Nickelodeon show. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, you know, live action, whatever. Okay, so there's Josh Peck, and now he's like in shape and like skinny or whatever. But so he. I suppose you should finish the news story, but um, no, it's not Josh Gad. That that's a different dude. I don't. I mean, I know this guy is like a child actor, but like I don't know yeah. that he's done anything else. Um, he's going to be starring in a reboot of Turner and Hooch. Hutch, Hutch, Hooch. Oh my Hooch. god, Eric! Who's Turner and Hooch? You don't know anything about Turner and Hooch? I've never heard of Turner and Hooch. Dude, do you remember when we did the the Tom Hanks deep dive? <laughs> yeah, he definitely skipped it. That's one of the ones he skipped uh, over. He skipped it. I was like. I was like, that was a fun That's movie. why Ryan is leading us through all deep dives now. Because you miss classics because you're like, well, they're not going to hurt of this one. <laughs> it's just called Big. Never heard of it. Move on. <laughs> um, Turner Hooch. So he was he's like a rookie cop and he gets a, like a dog partner that he has to. I don't know. I've seen the movie multiple times. But, you know, the dog's a big wild motherfucker. This is the time when like, remember the Beethoven movies? Yeah. Like people, audiences really loved seeing big dogs. Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking shit up, though. They want to see a lot of big messes. Um, yep. You know, hero dogs. They wanted all of it. So. You're missing Airbud. Airbud. Yeah, but Airbud Air was good, though. Like, he didn't chew through the cushions and stuff. Yeah, but then you had Airbud with, like, his whole family where they were all athletes. Yeah. Well, then you got Marley and me, where at least the dog got what was coming to him. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh anyways, look, I don't think anybody is gonna watch this. Let's just say we don't care and move on. Okay, we should spend more time on Turner and Hooch. <laughs> Josh and Drake. Uh what's up with what's up with Drake? Oh god. All right, so the other guy, Drake Bell, is like not in a good place at all. So he's like, is Cayuga County? I think that's in Ohio. So you're already it's in Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Falls or Cuyahoga County. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he got arrested and charged with like endangering minors and soliciting or like distributing illegal shit to them or something. I don't know. He looks bad. So one of them is getting this, you know, big leading role in a Disney. Plus show and the other one is getting arrested for really, really creepy shit. I mean, it's like the perfect dichotomy of like child actors, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's a good point. I'm not, I'm not saying Josh is like an angel because, but he's not been charged with child endangerment. Right. But like one, one went one way and he's starting in the, he's like rebooting a Tom Hanks character. He's the new Tom the Hanks. One, and the other one is going to jail. Yeah, the other one is is going to yeah. So um, we don't care about the Turner and Hooch thing, though. No, we spent too much time on it. All right, uh, Ryan's favorite actor, Charlie Hunnam, is going to be playing uh, Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Two. Not only my favorite actor, but also my favorite movie franchise of all time. <laughs> um, I don't care <laughs> at all who plays Johnny Cage. Right. I I literally don't care. I don't care. They could be. It could they could pick anybody. They'd be like, "Well, it's going to be a black woman." Great, I don't care. Uh, like, just yeah. whatever, just make the movie. The backup plan is the the Miz from WWE. You know, it makes, it makes me care less. Honestly, I think it's going to be Charlie Hunnam because that dude hasn't done anything good in so long. He keeps he's getting these big starring roles and stuff, and just they're all bad. He's like kind of handsome, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I don't think they're British. I don't think he brings anything else other than just like being handsome and looking good with like a beard. Like and I couldn't British. tell the difference between him and Sam Worthington for a long time. They are both the same people. They compete for the same roles, and they're both just generic, handsome white dudes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like Chris Pine escaped that barely. Barely. Because he has more charisma. Um, Chris Pine was just like, can I just take it, the jobs the other Chris's don't take? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> the good Chris's. <laughs> yes. He gets fourth billing on the Chris meter. Whoa, 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 whoa. How dare you? How well, dare he you does. guys? All the other Chris's the are better. Chris Pine, Chris Pine oh, comes in. Oh, Chris, Chris Evans is better? Chris Evans yes. is second place. Chris Evans second Chris, place. Yes. Chris Evans is good as. Captain America, but that's about it. He was okay in Knives Out. Oh, and and he was so great in uh, Train yeah. to Busan. Chris Pratt. We we pan the Jurassic World movies, but Chris Pratt is somehow like protected. No, Chris. I mean, Pratt's you guys are he's Star Lord. We like those movies. Chris yeah, you guys, are, you guys are Michael. You guys are Michael Jordaning Chris Pratt over Chris Pine, and it's ridiculous. Eric, you love the Star Trek movies, oh, and now you're go. saying, oh, he's right, we we're, we're Chris rating right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm are we missing a chris there's four yeah we're not hitting them yeah. yet lindall okay. so so fourth place i'm going chris pine yeah. false incorrect what are you going with okay go you just get, do your yeah, list you do yours because i can't how, remember the, the fourth chris. Sure, I can't. chris pine three chris pratt two chris evans one chris hemsworth yeah that's chris hemsworth is the best by far oh he's like he's like a you know there's a great distance between first and second I'll concede Chris Hemsworth as one. Yeah. Okay. But Chris Pine is two. Oh. <laughs> Pratt is three and Evans is four. Okay. So and we that's, think- that's the list. Okay. All right, Jim, you got to go. You got to break this tie. Oh, God. It's it's Hemsworth? We all agree. And then uh, it's, it's Evans. It's, well, for, yeah, for, I, you, for you, it's Helmsworth. Yes, yeah. it's Helmsworth. It's Evans. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who else we got? Pratt and Pine. Pratt and Pine. Oh, God. I'm going to go Pine Pratt. Yes, I'm going to go Pine Pratt. Pratt has fallen for me. He stinks. Yeah, he's pretty bad. I just don't want to hear, Eric. Eric, every time you pan Jurassic Park and every time you prop up the Star Trek series, I'm going to call you out on this because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Pine, like You're like, I love the Star Trek series. It's actually pretty underrated. And you're like, oh, fucking Jurassic Park and that shit. That stuff sucks. I like like Star-Lord, though. He was great. Chris Pine would have also made a great Star-Lord. Pine just needs to be the fourth Chris in the MCU and then all will be forgiven. And so where are we we putting Lindahl? Where is he at? (laughs) Well, he's got the longest arms out of any of them, so. <laughs> he does. All right, uh, let's move on. Matrix 4 is adding Christina Ricci. That's who's cool. Christina, who's Christina Ricci? What? Who is that? Um. Okay, what was she in that was real, like, that people wouldn't know? Black, Black Snake Moan? Uh, Wednesday Adams? Yes. There you go. Wednesday Adams. That's good. <laughs> she was, like, a big star. And I remember, like, like Atmosphere, the local rap group, you know? Yeah. He was like obsessed with Christina Ricci and then like him and Murs put out an album called Christina Ricci back in the day. So that's why I won't forget her. Weird. Oh yeah. I like kind of. And then I think they had a Lisa Bonet album too. I'm just not sure. All right. I, that doesn't move the needle for me at all. Okay. Um, Matrix 4. I can't wait to watch Matrix 4, even though I'm already 100% sure it's going to be just shitty. <laughs> Garbage. It's going to be terrible. I mean, do they need a 3 or a 4? No. Two and 3 were fucking atrocious. It's going to be so bad. I mean, I plot them on a graph. And just look at what's going to happen. I don't know what I rated them on Rotten Tomatoes when we rewatched The Matrix or when I rewatched The Matrix. I I can tell you. I know what you did. I know what your ratings were. Okay. The first one was like a 91. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's great. The second one was like a 43. Okay. And the third one was a 25. Yeah, that sounds right. So this one's probably a 7. They got. it's not going to be better. They got really bad. I think when movies try to be like, be like a sneaky story of like christianity without like just outright saying it i think i'm like i don't really like those stories the lion the witch and the wardrobe already did that the best yeah they went a long time ago and then that was it we didn't need it again yeah and that was that was c.s lewis right that was his shtick anyway right he was so yeah huge huge catholic chosky sisters like that's not their role it's i don't even know if they're involved in this film so you know they are well it's gonna suck then yeah, it's going to suck. All right, Jonathan Majors, who was uh, the guy who's going to play Kang the Conqueror in the MCU. He was also in Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. He's going to be playing the villain in Creed 3. I don't care. No, I don't really I care. I didn't watch two. I didn't watch. I couldn't get through one. I thought one was really boring. I'm good. I hate I, I hate that there's like a villain in a boxing movie. That's just so dumb. Right. Like that, that was from the 80s. Who cares? Move on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot is going to be done by Seth Rogen. It's going to be an animated movie. 
I can't wait for this. Oh, God, yeah. I just hope Seth Rogen is one of the Turtles or Casey Jones. Well, he's got to voice Michelangelo, right? I was going to say, it's got to be Mikey. I think he should be Casey Jones. That would actually probably be better, but Michelangelo. Casey Jones isn't really like the stoner one. I honestly just want Michelangelo to like smoke a lot of weed in this movie. Like, and eat pizza all day, but then also kick ass, obviously. Like, I think think it should be Casey Jones is such a stoner that he thinks he must just be high when he's seeing the turtles. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's That's why it's okay that they reveal themselves to him. Fuck, dude, I got to smoke less weed. These <laughs> look like turtles. <laughs> That's actually that really brilliant. Brilliant. That's actually really brilliant. But the stoner, like, he was always, like, very serious in the films. Like, very, like, into his, you know what I mean? Like, very direct and straightforward. What are, you, some, what are you, some kind of punker? Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's not something that actually a stoner says. And you did it perfectly? It's not your impression wasn't cringe. The line was cringe. Yeah. And, and also, that's not something a stoner says, but a, a stoner would be like, Calabunga, dude, a free large pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that is a stoner and it should be Seth Rogen. I thought the turtles like were kind of villains in the first movie when Michelangelo calls for a pizza and then is like, bring it to whatever, whatever, and a half. I, I'll, hold on. I can tell you, it's 122 and an eighth. <laughs> And then the guys can't find it. And then he's like, just slide it down to the bars. And then he's like, it'll be whatever amount of money. And he's like, nah, man, it was a minute late. I was like, oh my God. fucking dick. Dude, they live in a sewer. Give them well, a break. They're, they're trying to run two them, nickels together. Splinter raised them to like, you know, be great at Kung Fu, but he clearly didn't teach him shit about being good. Curious, well, I was yeah. going to say humans, but well, <laughs> I can't wait for this. All right. But in all reality, this is a great idea. Um, I want it. It's still Nickelodeon has to be because they own it. They're going to be no one's going to make it without them. Um, but I think this can totally be like an edgier PG-13 movie with adult humor in it. Um, dude, we're I'm 35 and there's kid, people older than me that are into Turtles. Um, I mean, when did that first movie come out? Like ni- 1991, two yeah, something? Like yeah, something like that for sure. I don't know. It might have been 89. I don't know when it was a long time ago. What a great movie. So, dude, I'm saying they can they can make this thing for, for adults, and I think think that's what they're doing. Not coming out till like August of twenty-three, so we're getting a little hyped prematurely, maybe, but what well, a what place a to go, but we're we're tracking the announcement, right? Yes. Yeah, we're excited about it. We can all right. Uh next up, Indiana Jones five filming spot has been revealed. What do we know? All right. So um this is a it's a castle, like a famous castle in Scotland that they were spotted filming, okay? And then everybody's like kind of on the internet getting a little crazy with this because when in uh, Indiana Jones 3, okay, it, the original script had it started out with him in Scotland, like battling this ghost, like this Baron Von something ghost. And it was going to be like half the script was there. And so they think that like, and then they scrapped it and then like rewrote the beginning of it. And they think that they're going to like go back to that maybe. And he's going to like kind of battle or match wits with like this like ghost that's, ta- that's you know, I mean, would it, there's already been ghosts in it. So I don't think it's that weird. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, they're really going like, I thought Aliens was probably less weird than some of the shit they've done in the, the first three. So, oh, you guys are like hating this so bad. I think it's cool. Well, it's just, it, I mean, it, I don't know. Harrison Ford's like 80 at so? this point. Like, I, I don't, I mean, it just, I mean, it's going to be sweet- bad. It's going to be better than the Matrix 4, but it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be that much better. Yeah. I mean, would you rather watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or The Matrix Reloaded? Okay, I will just tell you that when we we rewatched Indiana Jones, I liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull about 30 times more than I liked it when I saw it in theater. Mm -hmm. Which was still a terrible movie, but like, it was at least fun. Yeah. Bad, but fun. So I think this will be the same thing. I'm actually kind of excited about it. Hey, there we go. Story sounds so stupid, but like, so does literally every Indiana Jones movie. Right on I mean, on paper, it looks dumb, but it somehow works with like the cast and the, the fun they have and all that. I think in the original ones, the movies have the like worst, just most idiotic ideas, and like the supernatural stuff is so stupid, and like most of the movie is so stupid. But Harrison Ford is so charming that I just don't care. I'm just like, yeah. I don't, but see, here's the problem. He's not that charming anymore. No, he's just as old and like his, his old crankiness used to be like a young crankiness that was kind of cool. And now it's just old, regular crankiness. Who do you think is going to be the other lead in it? Is it Shia LaBeouf still? There's no way. No, right? no. They're going to write him out in some way. They're going to be like, Indy, your kid was murdered by the Baron. Ghost. You're, 
I was yeah. I, <laughs> I was gonna make a, a worse joke, and I'm glad I didn't. So yeah, I knew you were going. I didn't go there. Yeah, I skipped that. Appreciate it. Uh, your kid has been canceled. Um, so Dave season two trailer drops. I might have to say that Dave is gonna be if if Loki is the champion, Dave is gonna be like the second best title champion. The the num the number one contender. Yeah, it's the number. Is one. it? Are they gonna be running at the same time? I hope Loki's so. probably only six episodes, so I don't know. I hope they're running at the same time because that would make for a great. Yeah, it really would. This trailer looks just wonderful. You know, they don't give you anything, but he's clearly made it on some level. Like he's, you know, he's he's arrived on some level. Um, oh, boys, you ready? What's up? So Dave is dropping on June 16th. Guess what day of the week that is? Wednesday. Sunday night. Wednesday. Oh, they're Wednesday. not happening the same night. Yeah. Wednesday, Jesus, June 16th. What a day. That's so exciting. And um, it looks I'm like every Wednesday out. It looks like FX is like big fuck you to Disney Plus. We're dropping two episodes on Wednesday, June sixteenth. I can't wait. I think I'm gonna watch all three episodes that night. That's gonna be fun. Should we just pod on Wednesday? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. We won't have time. I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll pod right. on Thursday, maybe. We all care a lot because Dave season one was incredible. If you are one of the few people who listens to this show and didn't watch Dave season one, go watch it now. And sh- and also shame on you. Yeah, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Not many shows that we would recommend as much as we would recommend Dave. It's just, it's wonderful. All right, guys, we're moving on to some hot wrecks. Not a lot of wrecks this week because it was a busy week for everyone, but you guys watched the finale of Mayor of East Town. Was it everything you hoped for? It well, really we was. touched on this earlier. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I, thought the, I thought the ending was great. It was twisty. Um, wasn't, you know, it was twisty without feeling like cheesy. Uh, and it really focused a lot on the other stuff you cared about, which is her, her family, her relationships, her fucking progress as a kind of a piece of shit human. Um, it was great, man. It hit everything. It was a little long, wasn't it? Was it over an hour? I think, but, um, that's good for a finale. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. They, they added a little bit. I think some of it was necessary, some of it not, but uh, overall as finales go top notch. Yeah. And I would expect nothing, nothing they less. Either, they either take away from the show or they add to the show. Um, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little, but they matter. And they, they landed the, the stuck the landing on this one for sure. Agreed. All right. Uh, you guys, uh, well, Jim, you also watch Sweet Tooth on Netflix. What is this? Dude, this is a sleeper show. This is going to be a pretty big show for Netflix, I think. It just dropped, so nobody was really talking about it yet. Um, this is actually a DC comic that they adapted for a, a TV show. It has a decent budget. It's like this kind of future dystopian thing where like a virus comes through, wipes a ton of people out. And then at the same time, babies are born with like animal features. So half goat, half human, half whatever. So there's all these like call them hybrids, right? And this is the story of one of them who is special in some way. I don't know how. Um, And kind of his like fight for survival in this world, trying to just get by a really, really amazing young actor is in this. Like I've never seen this kid in anything, but he's so good. He's the lead of the show. Um, And I'm really into the show. Like it's, it's funny. It's got good action. It's got all this mystery about, you know, the virus and the, these mutations and what does it mean and how did it happen? Um, what's all behind it? I watched like five episodes in like two days because I was really into it. So to me, this is like about the production level of Fang and Bone, maybe a little bit worse with like some of the CG isn't perfect, but it's Shadow, it's, and, bone. shadow and Bone. Thank you. Um, but it's a really good, I mean, this is a wreck for me for sure. And it's actually, it's it's probably like a 14-year-old show. So I was thinking about showing it to my kids. A little couple of later episodes gets pretty intense and kind of crazy, scary stuff. So, But it's like a Stranger Things season one vibe as far as like content. Um, I'm really into this. Like, I, I like this show a lot. It's very like, watch the watch the pilot. And if you don't have a smile on your face for most of it, I'd be surprised. It sounds like the sequel to Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah! Oh my God, that's oh with fuck, the horses and whatever. So weird. I forgot all that. Ended. <laughs> so would you say like if if season one of Stranger Things was a one hundred? I'm not saying it was, but just say mm-hmm. for argument's sake, it was a one hundred. What is this show season? Um, if that's one hundred, then this is about a ninety. Okay. Um, but that's probably like a ninety-five. So this is probably like an eighty-five. To be realistic, it's okay. it's a good show. It's a solid show. It does. There's like one storyline maybe that isn't great, 
um, kind of like Shadow and Bone had like a storyline that was pretty weak. Um, but man, I think you guys will like it. I think you should both check it out. Okay, cool. You also watched Bo Burnham's new special. Uh, you made me a Bo Burnham believer a few years ago. Good. Because yeah. I thought that he was like, I don't know why I had like this negative opinion. Didn't know much about him, but what I did know I felt negative about because I'm an asshole, I guess. Sure. Um, watched the Bo Burnham special. Don't even remember what it was called, but it was unbelievable. It was so funny. I was like rolling around laughing. Yeah. How good is this new special? Where can we find it? Um, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's on Netflix. It is so Bo Burnham is like this white dude who's probably I guess he's 30 years old and I've been watching his videos on YouTube for 15 years or whatever it's been. Um, he had like these little songs that would go viral on like the early days of the internet where like there wasn't that much content and he was so funny and his jokes were like a mile a minute in these songs he would write super, super clever. And now he's just gone to the point where he is like producing and writing and just doing all these awesome things. And his last one was this giant stage production where he had like, you know, lights and it was all choreographed like perfectly. And it was part of the jokes. Like this is the one that Eric was saying was just mind blowing. I mean, the level of detail and attention he put into it. And this is no different except for he made it entirely himself. It's called Inside. And he did everything by himself, like shut the door, was in quarantine and made a funny, happy, brilliant, fucked up, depressing hour of content. And it's kind of hard to watch sometimes, but it's funny and it's smart. And I just think he is so special. Cool. I'm going to check that out for sure. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Bo Burnham inside Netflix. Get it. Okay. All right, guys. There's only one thing to do. All right, it's time for this rerun. We'll self-destruct. Here we go. We're doing Mission Impossible 6 Fallout, the most recent Mission Impossible movie. And let me tell you guys, before we really dive into this, that the Mission Impossible rewatch, I think, um, exceeded my expectations more than any rewatch we've done. Yes. Like, Dude, you're so like, right. I'm not saying it was my favorite rewatch, but I am positive it exceeded my expectation more than any of the rewatches that we did. I would challenge that in that I think Lord of the Ring, that trilogy, exceeded your expectations more than any rewatch that we've had. I liked this 200 times more than I liked Lord of the Ring. I understand, but I think you went you went into Lord of the Rings thinking you were going to hate it and ended up really liking it. Uh-huh. I think this one you knew you already liked. So I think that... Just based on that metric alone, I think Lord of the Rings would still be from where you thought it was going to go to where it ended up would be a, a wider gap. All wider I know birth. is that I am now a massive fan of Mission Impossible and seven and eight can't come soon enough. Yep. These movies were so good uh, with exception to two. Uh, and four was was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, one, three, five, and six are just like as fun of a movie series as there is. Yeah, and, and even four is good. Like, and yeah, they were. I yeah. Don't really want Tom Cruise to make anything that's not a Mission Impossible. Like, I would never watch another Tom Cruise movie if he wasn't in. Like, if it's not Mission Impossible, The Mummy Two. No, nothing. There's nothing he's gonna do unless he sneaks into a movie series that I love in some bit part role. I don't care what he does. I just want him to be Ethan Hunt. I just want more Mission Impossible. And, you know, this, this, they all go together and the story, you know, blends through all of them, which is actually something I think makes it better than Bond. I'm not saying it is better than Bond, but Bond has like a couple things that kind of ground it into the story, but it's kind of a reset of Mm -hmm. almost everything. He has the few people at MI6 that he, he goes to. And they have their little relationship, but pretty much every other part of his life is just deleted at the end of every movie. And they kind of start over with its own story. So you could watch Bond and you could start at any movie in the 24 movies that have been released, 25 coming out uh, later this year. And you would be fine to understand that movie without knowing anything else about Bond. Where Mission Impossible, you know, you could do that, but there's a lot more to the story, to his relationships, to his growth. And not just his growth as um, the character Ethan Hunt, but as the actor Tom Cruise, who is so much better by the end of the series. Yeah, yeah. I think you I think you said it really well. Um, I'll just share my least favorite, my, my shockingly bad, when I was ready to love it, 
and that was um, Back to the Future movies. I don't know why I thought they were all just brilliant, but wow. So anyways. Um, yeah, you're right. Back to the Future was like not watched. <laughs> After the first one, it really isn't. Um, man, I really love this movie. I loved that they, they brought the wife back in. Um, although it kind of explains by the end that he, they sort of agreed to part ways because it was like, dude, they can't really be together. And he is absolutely needed as like this shit's going down. You got to call Ethan Hunt and ever. I mean, by the, and they sort of like do a good job of making him feel like a real person while also acknowledging the fact that he has saved the world like five times. And it's yeah, like, and I, yeah, this shit really did happen. And you're very important to like global safety. Well, and, and I think that's a really, um, how do I want to say this? Like, I think that goes to the fact that Christopher McQuarrie has had done the last two films mm -hmm. and he's a very accomplished, you know, movie writer. And so having um, his wife show up at the end of Rogue Nation on the, you know, the Seattle ferry or whatever, mm -hmm. and then sort of smartly integrate her into Fallout was brilliant. It was brilliantly done. It was seamless. Um, you can explain 99% of the reasons that it happened that way. And they also had like the big bad guy kind of overarching both of those films. And I think that's a, a great testament to, you know, whoever owns the rights was like, well, we'll have Christopher McQuarrie do two films. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, the, you know, the fallout built off of Rogue Nation. And I thought it was so well done overall, other than casting Henry Cavill. I liked Henry Cavill in this movie. No, he was great. He was good. He was good. I he's he very, he's he very unlikable, but I thought he was. I thought he was good. I thought he was good as a, a dickhead. I'm a Henry guys, hater, and I liked him in this movie. Christopher McQuarrie is coming back for the next movie, so he's gonna. They're gonna run with this, which is great. Um, Even better. Henry Cavill was such. He was. He looked so great when he first walks up, and he's like the mustache that was so infamous because he had to keep it. Paramount made him keep it, um, and then he had to. They had to do all the crazy Justice League reshoots and, you know, CGI over his mustache for him to be Superman. Well, it was all worth it because his mustache was a star in this movie. He looked awesome. He looked tough and cool, but he was bad. Like, his lines are so bad. It took me out of it a couple times, but it really didn't. It didn't hurt the movie overall that much. He just had to look awesome, and he did. He looked big and tough. Also, he's kept his streak alive of never smiling in any film ever. So I, That I, doesn't I can surprise me. No, he he. I think he was he was meant to play like a, a a badass, like only think with tunnel vision type of guy, mm -hmm. which is like per, I think that's perfect for him. Like he does don't give him anything that requires range. Like Superman mm -hmm. requires a little bit of range, where you got to have the lowest lane side, you got to have the the newspaper side. You know, you got to be office. Uh, I forget his Clark like, real name. Clark Kent, you got to be office Clark Kent, like that's jovial and like works with his boss. And then you got to be Superman. Then you got to be yeah. Superman, who's like a badass guy. So like that requires like some emotionality and like bending of of who you are as a character. But like being a CIA agent that is focused only on obtaining you know uranium, plutonium, whatever spheres, perfect. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything. You just have to fight and kill people. I think this is the perfect role for Henry Cavill. Guys, I just like can't think of Superman without like poking holes in the story, you know? And so I thought I was this whole time you were talking, I was just thinking to myself, man, how does Superman have to have a fucking day job? He's Superman. Like, how can he not just be like, hey, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to get paid $5 million for it. Hey, I'm going to do an appearance in this movie. Hey, I'm going to be the new spokesperson for Nike, you know, and make all this money. Or hey, Jeff Bezos, Hey, bitch, give me a billion dollars or I will kill you. You know, like, <laughs> how, you know, like, how can you not just do that? Like, he's Superman. Like, he can literally fly around the world three times in a second. And so then I realized that's just the boy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jeff Bezos, give me a billion dollars or I'll kill you. Yeah. I like, love it. And that would probably work. That's what, if you were Superman, you could literally take Jeff Bezos without him even like being able to move before you flew him into the stratosphere. And as he was suffocating, you could be like, give me Amazon or I'll drop you, you know? And like, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, like you could do whatever you want. What, what are they going to do? Are the military going to come after you? No. Yeah, or like uh, Jeff Bezos is Jeff Bezos is taking the flight on his uh, Blue Origin <laughs> spaceship, and Superman like grabs a hold of the bottom of it and is like, "Hey, go ahead, transfer it to account number two seven one four nine in the Cayman Islands, um, and I'll let go." 
I like this that, is you know. an incredibly complicated bit because <laughs> Jeff Bezos is Lex Luthor in real life. For I, real. True. I it's very like, nuanced. I just like that you, you know, that even though he's Superman, he still has to have an offshore bank account. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, you gotta hide for the for the taxes. Aaron. Yeah, for the, he's still trying Superman. to IRS though. Yeah, you don't want to deal. You don't want to deal. You don't want to deal with him. Listen, he might he might be good at fighting crime, but he's not great at paperwork, right? <laughs> he doesn't want to have to deal with that. He doesn't have it. He's not going to hire an accountant because he'll kill him if he doesn't do it for free. So yeah. you want to just just hide it offshore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this movie um, is Tom Cruise uh, has to partner up with. Uh, Henry Cavill's character. They are going to like a party. I don't remember why they're going to the party. Um, they were going to intercept a buyer, a for buyer these. for the nukes, and so mm-hmm. they go there and they do this insane like stratosphere. Again, I said it. Uh, um, jump from a plane, and it's called a it's called a halo jump. It was for the record so insane. Did he actually do a jump like yeah. that? No, yeah. he did it like so many times, and they had to do it at sunset. So it took him like weeks and they did it every night for like twice like multiple nights and it uh, pretty amazing so the the halo jump is the and that's why they have the oxygen which is part of the plot which is the high altitude low opening jump so they're jumping from a height that there is no air so that's why they had to have the you know the masks and the o2 tank it was a and they open at the last second like literally right exactly. it was a stunning scene yeah. Like it was one of the coolest movie scenes I've ever seen. I mm-hmm. like it just made the movies feel so much better and like the budget was so much higher. I loved this part. I loved the the drama. I mean, it was like one of those moments where you know it's well done because you knew nothing bad was going to happen, but you still felt the drama of the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also when you started to question Henry Cavill's motives. I forget his character's name. I should probably look that up as we were talking. But uh, name's Walker. He Walker. said that like fifteen times. We, we, yeah, when you start to question Walker's motives, and then when Ethan saves him, you're like, "What do you? Why?" Yeah. And and especially when you look back on it. So um, I think I think that was brilliantly done. I love that part. So, anyways, they go in, they find this guy who is the buyer. Who I don't remember what he goes by. Um, the Asian dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Holy in the bathroom. shit! Was that guy tough? Can't remember his name, but that fight scene in the bathroom was amazing. You know what's so funny? When I remembered back on that scene, I remembered it being a whole gang of guys with Tom Cruise and Walker or whatever, Cavill yeah. fighting. Dude, it was just one hella tough little Asian guy. Yeah. It was a great them both. Like, that was so interesting. It was their like, version of porn, definitely, as they were yeah. like, throwing people through walls and glass and stuff. It was really cool. Um, then you get the return of the girl from the last movie. And she shows up, shoots the guy to death. She's great. Um, then this is what I realized: this movie was like so long with like so many different. Wait, are you talking? Are, are you talking about Ilsa? Ilsa Ilsa's back. Yeah, yeah. Goes back up. Rebecca Ferguson. Who, dude? We better know her name because now she's gonna. She's popping up in a bunch more stuff. So yeah, she's good. She's, she's really great. Good. So I love this because at this point, like, there's a whole storyline with the two of them, and they free this guy from the the last movie. Um, the main villain, this Lane. Guy, Lane. Yeah. Now he's got a beard. He's such a great villain as well. He mm-hmm. said you should have killed me, which is just a great creepy thing to say as a villain. Um, he keeps having to protect Lane from Ilsa, which was awesome. But like this whole part of the movie went on and on and on and on and on, and like it should have been room to the movie and made it too long, but it didn't mm-hmm. because every scene was so freaking cool. Right. Well, but they had that. They also had that like uh, premonition scene of like how the you know, kind of jailbreak from the armored car was going to happen in mm-hmm. kind of black and white. And you thought like, oh, is this happening in real time or is it not? And yeah. then it wasn't. They had and a couple of great see- fake outs. That being one of them where you could never, you know, Tom, well, let's call him Ethan, Ethan Hunt from the first movie where he never picked up a gun, never fought anybody. Um, all the way up to this where you see him marching around and just executing police officers. It's like, that can't be real. Nice psych out there. And of course, we we brushed over one of the all-time great psych, um, like interrogation psych out, you know, mental manipulation scenes where they oh. trick that scientist into thinking that all the nukes went off and that, you know, his manifesto was oh, being yeah. read on air on CNN. And it was all... It was in Jerusalem. I, I was tricked again. I've seen the movie five times. I was like, oh, I... I can't believe they fucked up that bad and all the nukes went off. This is crazy. This is crazier than blowing up the Kremlin. It was wrong. And they had, dude, they had, they had Wolf Blitzer. 
do the whole thing from like right behind it. It was great. It was Wolf Blitzer the actor, but but it was it was it, Wolf Blitzer the actor, but it not you know. But yeah, in, it, in the in universe, it was Simon Pegg in a mask. Yeah, great, great moment. I was like, wow, like this movie got so dark. They yeah. Mecca, Jerusalem, and Rome. And like, <laughs> Holy shit, this movie is like headed. In. I forgot. I, you're right. It was. It's the movie is so complicated in the series. If they made that today, Eric, they'd be called anti-Semitic. True. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was literally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was so well done and I was completely fooled at that part. So, well, remember a couple of the complaints we had of some of the previous movies was the, the mask thing was a little bit too convenient, right? Where they're like, Oh yeah, just make, (laughs) just make a mask. And then you can pretend to be that person and trick the other person in doing anything. I think they smartly dialed that back significantly and used it when it was appropriate. Like, oh, they tricked this guy who, again, who had the manifesto and they thought, and he thought it would all went off and according to plan, but yep. boom, they got the information they needed. That that was the exact way that they needed to do that. And that's actually a callback to the first movie, like in in the opening scene where they, they did that and they had the mask on, they extracted the information they needed and boom, yep. that was it. And they didn't really overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, eventually we get this this big reveal, though, that Henry Cavill is like trying to frame uh, Ethan. Yeah. And he's the guy that has, you know, destabilized all these governments and he's done all this. He's the, the you know, John Lark, who they're yeah. looking for. Lark and Lane were a little bit similar names. So I thought that was a little confusing. I thought they could have picked a different name than Lark. Um, but yeah, so that it turns out, you know, Henry Cavill, John Walker is John Lark. And I thought that was a cool reveal. I think I knew it was coming. I can't quite remember, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I think that like those movies are just naturally built for you to know someone is going to turn on someone. And so you're kind of spending the whole time being like, who, which one is it going to be? Who's going to turn on him? Right. And, so, and you, and I kept thinking, okay, it's going to be Alec Baldwin this time. And yeah. he dies, which is great because he sucked. He sucked. So, so he's dead. Or Ilsa. I think that, I think they were trying to point you towards Ilsa. Yeah. yeah. That she was going to be the one. And and it turns out it wasn't. So, which is nice. This whole thing happens. The only scene I thought that maybe went on too long is him chasing down Walker. Where he's like in running, the, in the run, running. No, no. Running on the rooftops. Running on the rooftops and running mm-hmm. on the street and running everywhere. And then he hangs on the bottom of that elevator. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was maybe a little long. And that goes along. And then they hop in the elevator together. And then at this point, they have to go find them. And they head to this like camp in the middle of Asia. Um, that's mm-hmm. like next to the biggest like you know glacier, freshwater source of India, China, Southeast Asia, etc., etc., etc. And when he gets there, he realizes that his wife and her now new husband are ex-wife. I'm sorry, ex-wife and mm-hmm. new husband are now there working at this place. Um, like a camp to help refugees and people who had been uh, given a disease by the syndicate. Yeah, um, which I was fine with. I liked it. I thought it added stakes. <laughs> um, and I thought it was good for, you know, Ethan Hunt for that character. Um, it, it wasn't really like you can kind of look at the plot and be like, oh, that's just how convenient. But it really wasn't like it was really planned out by the by uh, Lane. Right. So Lane was the one that with through Lark released the smallpox. And then you hear through exposition that they were kind of handpicked to go and like lead this camp. And then the whole camp was funded and all this shit. So it was all set up like it was set up because this guy hates IMF. And so he wanted, you know, Ethan Hunt to suffer particularly. And it all went along with his plan. So it was perfect. So it gets completely ridiculous at this point way oh yeah just just, this is this is when it goes into like uh turn it up to 11 Mm -hmm. and let's just make stuff up as we go because we don't care there are two nuclear bombs that are going to blow up the fresh water supply contaminating them destroying the water supply for a third of the world and and if you don't if you don't defuse them both simultaneously then they go off regardless. And only and I- there's three groups, right? There was each one in, well, a group on a bo- each bomb. Plus, they needed like the detonator, and so that's what Ethan Hunt went after. The key. Walker to get, yeah. yeah. So Walker hops in a helicopter to get out of there, and Lane decides he's going to stick around and go down with the ship. Um, at this point, Ethan hops in a second elevator and then goes in this long chase. Wait, 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 wait. A second elevator yeah. or helicopter? Sorry, helicopter. Yeah. I love. That. <laughs> 
I we loved, watched too many of these movies. They're all- <laughs> yeah, I loved the scene where he had like the big weighted thing, cargo thing underneath. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was going to drop it on the helicopter and then he missed. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, what's he going to do now? Just and ram the motherfucker. They go on yeah. long ass. <laughs> Just rear end him. With shooting and all kinds of stuff, which was really fun. And mm-hmm. then it crashes brutally. Neither of them die, but Lark is badly injured, but not badly injured enough to knock it into a, like a brutal five minute fight. Right. Yep. Of course. Yep. I liked all of that. And I loved it all. The, by the oil stuff, you know, um, them. You know, where I, you know how fine my line is? You know where I actually drew the line a little bit? Right. When the helicopter kept slipping, but then the hook kept catching rocks perfectly. Yes, that was, was like a little, little bit annoying. But I'm like, okay, is it, the one time was already weird that it does it two more times, and then yeah. he pulls it down with one yank. <laughs> yeah. Here's, you want to know what my where I drew the line? Oh no, he aimed the hook into Lark's face. Oh, I don't think he aimed it. The guy was fucked no. either way. He was on. He was on it, but he throws the thing off. It falls down with him just pulling it. It falls yeah. off and then just catches him right in the forehead. I, I like, like that part. I think that was I think that was a uh, like a you know cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was intending like oh I'm going to pull this rock and it's going to hit him right in the forehead. I don't I mean that that didn't seem plausible. I like <laughs> minus minus all the other stuff that didn't seem plausible, like rear-ending a, a another helicopter. I did think that like somehow they made me believe the lane versus the other two fight. Ilsa and mm-hmm. Benji. Name, Benji. I kind of believed it. Like he kind of divided and conquered. He was like so smart about how he fought them. And then mm-hmm. like, that was, that was great and, and very believable. Bringing Benji up was hardcore. Yeah. Like, and then so like, I thought the most, like the most intense part was like, she kicked the box underneath him to like save him. But then as she's strangling Lane, Benji is dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is she going to choose? Is she going to choose the mission or the human? And she chose and the like, mission. She did, but it ended she, up working out. Yeah, but yeah. like, I was like, oh my God, just go kick, just cut it down. It's almost over. Like, yeah. just slice it real quick and then kill the dude. Like, you'll be fine. Yeah, I loved all that. Um, can I just talk about one thing that I didn't like about the ending? Yeah. So Tom, Ethan Hunt, our guy... We've now been with through nine hours of maybe ten Thick hours. And thin. Yeah, he uh, he does all this amazing work. He gets his ass kicked to save his wife, and I just got major cuck vibes. Yeah, I just got. Um, I don't think he's a cuck, man. These cuck old vibes. I, I didn't like it for our guy. I for sure. I for sure think that her new husband is a syndicate <laughs> volume two. You don't, yeah, you do not cast that guy as a good guy. That guy's only ever been in a few movies, and he's always a weirdo. No, he is. He's the he American viewer sure. creepy guy with the camcorder grown up. That's what yes, that dude is. He's, he's for sure the the backup to the syndicate guy, to Lane, who died in the in the house. Like, he's, he's plan B. Damn. And right. I guarantee he will be in the next Mission Impossible. Okay, I'm ready. I'm excited. So, really, though, this thing ended... If this was like the last movie, it would have been a perfect ending. I mean, it really like the syndicate is pretty dismantled at this point. You know, this already was the fallout from the last movie where the leader of the syndicate was caught. So this was sort of like, wow, the world really went into chaos because of this guy was caught. You know, like it's almost like, you know, Kingpin in the Spider-Man movies is like, just see what the city's like without me. You know, at least I'm organized. Right. Um, It was kind of like that. It was a really fucking nice ending. Like it really wrapped things up really well. So I. You know, I don't know where they're going to go. I'm excited they're making two more. But if this was it, this was a really, really great series. I don't think I yeah. care where it goes. It was that much fun. So yeah. just give me more. I don't want Tom Cruise to ever make anything the rest of his career other than these. I hope there's 12 of them. Yeah. You know what? Do you want Jack Reacher five? I can handle two bad ones out of the next six if he makes six more. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's go. That'd be a pretty decent ratio. Sure. All right, guys, uh, that means there's only one thing to tell you guys since we're wrapping this up, um, where we're headed for the summer. So our next plans, our rewatch is over, our really fun rewatch is over, uh, but we have to head somewhere next. So the only place to go is... It's the summer of Star Wars, baby. I am so excited. 
Summer of Star Wars. We haven't done a Star Wars rewatch yet. We've watched some of the movies in the past, but we've never done it officially here. Um, so we are going to go through all 11 Star Wars uh, over the summer. Um, Ooh, that seems like an undertaking. It's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait. We've got all like 25 MCU movies, so we can give Star Wars its due. Let's go. Yeah, Summer this, of Star Wars. Can we call it? Can we call our rewatch this is pod racing. <laughs> no, no, we can't. We will come up with something. <laughs> we need, I couldn't resist. We need people to give us their suggestions on what we should call this rewatch. Uh, mm. But I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be watching Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, the best Star Wars movie, starting with the best one. Uh, this week. So we're, we're, going, we're going in chronological order, not release order. Chronological right. order. So I think that will go... Um, the three prequels, then Solo, then Rogue then One, Rogue One, then yep. the three original ones, and then the three most recent ones. I'm down with that. that. Sounds right. Yeah, that, that sounds great. And I can't wait for Rogue One. Rogue One. <laughs> I know the best Star Wars movie we started out with. So watch that with us. It's on Disney Plus. If you don't have Disney Plus, what's wrong with you? Um, get it and watch it with us. We're all watching Rogue One this week. It'll be a great way to start. Oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. We're watching Phantom Menace. Jeez. We're watching Phantom Menace, the best Star Wars movie. Can't wait. (laughs) Misa. Can't wait. So, yeah, tune in with us this week. um, But otherwise, tune in to our sports cast. That's all the time we have. We went a little long, waxing poetically about a series that deserved it um, in Mission Impossible. Uh, But we'll be back with you guys later this week to talk sports. And we'll be back next week talking summer of Star Wars. So, until then, thanks for listening to the Nordies Podcast.